Developing the Leader Within is a podcast that focuses on leadership, management, and career development. We nosedive into the areas that are holding you back from your full potential. Let us begin. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Developing the Leader Within. I'm Enrique Acosta-Gonzalez, your host, and today I have a very special guest, Jeremy Sisson, with me. I know him from the business world. I also know him from the veteran support world, several organizations that we're uh, tied into uh, together. And uh, he's also running for a Florida seat with, uh, with the house. So, uh, Jeremy, uh, I just want to, to give you an, uh, an opportunity to introduce yourself. Well, first of all, Enrique, I want to thank you for having me. And I want to thank you for everything that you do in the community. I, I see you everywhere. I'm just trying to keep up with you, man. Just trying <laughs> to keep up with you. Uh, I've been here for about 20 years. Uh, I'm the CEO of Evan James and Associates, which is a full-service commercial real estate brokerage. Um, so I'm a seasoned entrepreneur, a small business owner, commercial real estate expert. And uh, for those who know me and those who don't, I'm a philanthropic community leader as well. I've sat on half a dozen different boards of organizations over the years, help them grow and expand, uh, raise additional funds. Um, so I've been a kind of busy guy, you know, last 20 years, staying very busy. Uh, recently, we brought to market something called the Qualified Opportunity Zone. Uh, when it's formed, fully formed, the fund will have about $125 million, Enrique. And what we're going to be doing is we're going to be putting money, a, a lot of the money is going to go into affordable housing in distressed areas throughout the state of Florida. And the, one of our fund's objectives is going to kind of to be develop and, and bring together, you know, thousands of high quality steel framed, environmentally conscious, reasonably priced housing and multifamily units, which, as you know, are are, are needed. There's a, there's a great need for uh, housing under $1,000, whether it's a mortgage or a rental payment, right? Right. Yeah, no, all of those initiatives are very important to our communities. And I know uh, that, uh, the, that the state uh, is, it will be in good hands uh, uh, with you. Uh, I know uh, of your work in the business sector. You're an award-winning businessman. Uh, that's uh, something to be uh, proud of. And I definitely am familiar with your help uh, in the veteran sector, which your family history has a long history. Well, of, give um, or take four, almost 400 years, Enrique. Yeah, Three year, 397 years my family has been here. I'm a 14th generation American on my father's side. Amazing. We came through James, Jamestown, Virginia. Yeah, I, I, I looked into that. That was just amazing uh, that you have that. Uh, history is also amazing. Um, and, and folks, today we're going to be talking about leadership and vision. Uh, if, if vision is not there as a leader, where are you taking your people, right? So that's, uh, that's one of the things that I always emphasize uh, to be clear on when I am leading. What is the vision of the leadership? What is the vision of the organization? Uh, and uh, Jeremy, I, I, I would like to give you an opportunity to uh, maybe discuss, uh, you know, maybe several reasons why le uh, vision is important to leadership. Yeah, sure. I'd be happy to do that. I think the first reason, Enrique, why vision is important to leadership is a great leader provides vision to help create a roadmap for 
short and long-term future of the organization, right? Um, if, the, if the leaders aren't laying out the game plan for the team, then like you said, no one's going to go anywhere or they're going to go down uh, false roads uh, or into traps. So a specific example of this is last year we brought to market the American Steel product line. Um, and one of the things that we did was, because we were so busy with the commercial real estate brokerage, uh, we turned to the SBDC and the SBA to help us develop a nationwide uh, marketing plan for this product line. So I literally outsourced uh, the vision to a group of MBAs to get that done. And that was, uh, I wanted to make sure that professionals were looking at it properly. So just kind of give you an idea of number one, if that makes sense. Yes. I would say number two is a great leader provides vision for their organization to provide meaning and purpose, which typically turns into motivation and inspiration at the team level. Um, so I'm going to give you a, a business example, and then I'll use one personally as well. Uh, I'm sure you're familiar with Steve Jobs. Oh, yes. <laughs> Steve Jobs was probably one of the best at this in terms of motivation and inspiration. He, he understood the why behind the Apple product and the Apple brand. And um, they have raving fans. Anybody who has an Apple product knows you stay within the, the family of Apple. And why is that the case? Well, Steve Jobs obviously was very good at motivating his teams and, and creating that brand equity for, for Apple. So that would be the example that I would use in the business community that everyone can, uh, can look at and say, yeah, I, I understand that. The second one I would use would be my experience when I was the in charge of the guys with Tyus Philanthropy here in Orlando. Many years ago, and most people don't know this, but many years ago, there was a time, uh, probably about six years ago, where the organization uh, was considering shutting down. Um, there were going, there was an SB people going to the events, and I had just come on, came on as a board member back in 2014. And one of the things that I said, look, look we have to keep this organization going. It's vital for the Central Florida community. We've raised a lot of funds. Um, so I stepped up, created the, the true why of why we were doing this and um, brought on new team members, created some new buzz, some new excitement. And then the last six years, we've definitely came into our own in terms of community leadership here in Central Florida. Lots of parties, lots of partnerships. So. That would probably be number two. Uh, any questions on that one? No, no, that uh, sounds great. <laughs> okay. And then number three, I would say, is great leaders provide the vision to keep their organization focused uh, on the goals that they need to accomplish. It helps them persevere through obstacles and challenges. So that's what another, well, really the third reason why vision is important. I think the example that I would use here is relevant is uh, the coronavirus. Everyone's going through this. Small business owners are dealing with it. Uh, Fortune 500 companies are dealing with it. We're trying to figure out from a, from a business perspective what we're going to do with this thing. And so what you're going to see, Enrique, is you're going to see the leaders who are seeing the bigger picture saying, here's what we need to do for the community. Here's what we need to do for our employees. Here's how we need to keep as many people on payroll as possible. Um, so it's adapting uh, and focusing on products that still need to, to uh, be given to the market, basically. And that's something that we're doing here from a commercial real estate brokerage perspective. Um, I sat down as a leader and said, 
what is not going to be needed in the near future? For example, would you think that retail develop, development and retail buildings are gonna be needed for the next year or so? That's right. We're not gonna need retail like we used to in the past, right now. So we had to walk away uh, from a couple of deals of developing retail strip centers because, you know, restaurants, as we know, restaurants and retails are, are being hit right now. And so it's just a matter of focusing on making sure that we're, we're persevering through the obstacles. Okay. And so we turned our attention more towards multifamily, which is needed regardless uh, of what's going on, whether it's coronavirus or otherwise, people need a place to live. So those are probably the three reasons why I feel that vision is important to leadership. Yeah, no, I, I, lo I love that. I, I'm, I'm, I'm writing down here <laughs> uh, because uh, when, when in terms of vision, leadership, uh, you mentioned creating a roadmap and I'm kind of clip note there, right? creating a roadmap, uh, providing meaning and persevering through obstacles and challenges and you you would just uh, write when you talk about you know this particular time that we're living in those three things are vital uh, for a leader to be implementing among their force whatever if it's a workforce or as a team or whatever it may be the composition of the group these three things are vital right now and they always have been but right. it's really when it, it it really matters and, and it really matters right now. Uh, there's a lot of things that have changed for a lot of people. Some people did not foresee the changes that were coming. And, uh, and those that are le in leadership positions have the ability. Uh, but I also think the obligation to know about these things when it comes to vision uh, so that they can help their, their workforce, their groups. Um, uh, on top of knowing, and, and, and I'm, I'm a big proponent for educating yourself, right? Self-development is huge when it comes to times like this, because when have we ever had the time <laughs> as professionals like, like we've had here recently? Not that often when you're in the, you know, the run of, of, of the day. And so I'm, I'm a real big proponent of self-development. And I know there's a lot of great resources and things that we can dive into. Uh, what would be one of those resources that you think that we should be um, using? Well, before we go into those resources, Enrique, I wanted to talk, if it's okay, a little bit about what leadership is. Oh, and sure. then kind of back up for a second. So vision helps leaders work on what's important. Because I want to kind of get the overarching 30,000 foot view. So how does vision, vision work with leadership? So vision helps leaders work on what's important to uh, achieve the end results and not get caught up in the mundane stuff, right? It helps leaders to focus on the 20% that is important instead of remaining, the remaining 80% that can be delegated to others. So I want your listeners to keep that in mind. Um, you know, that's kind of how vision works when you're a leader. Um, and in terms of, let's, let's define leadership real fast because that's a very, I mean, if you think about it, it's a very intangible thing, right? right? If you said, what is leadership? And you ask 10 people, you're probably going to get 10 different answers. So what I want to do real fast before we go into some of the, um, some of the books that I think would be very helpful to individuals if they haven't read them would be to define it. So a simple definition is that 
leadership is the art of motivating a group of people to act towards achieving a common goal. Would you agree with that? Yeah. That's the, uh, so that would probably be the simple definition. And Matt Mayberry says that true leadership is more than like the authority and the recognition from the outside world, right? Instead, leadership is all about developing people and helping others to reach their full potential. It's about, um, it's about equipping others with the right tools and strategies to not only maximize the success of an organization, but the lives of those individuals in your organization as well. It's about breaking down barriers and leading others through uncertainty into the future. Um, the best leaders to have ever lived in my estimation, not only succeeded at helping their team win championships or their organizations reach new milestones and dominate the, the marketplace, but they cared deeply for the people uh, that, that were on their teams and they, they understood what a privilege it was to be uh, their leader. And so I would also say that transforming people is a quality that is uh, that every memorable leader has thought about every single day of their lives, right? Because they understood uh, that if they could tra transform their people in the organization, then they'd be able to advance their mission, right? Back to the simple definition of what leadership is. And the leaders that are too caught up in egotistical gratification, and we, we see this in the news all the time, you know, leaders who get caught up in egotistical gratification rather than the development of their people, uh, I feel will surely fall short in the, in the long run. And so there's a major, that, that, that in itself is a major difference between true leadership and, and authority-driven management. So I wanted to kind of lay that out first before we talk about those who are listening to the, your show, to stay focused on learning exactly what the term servant leadership is, find out what that means, read as much as you can about servant leadership, um, what they do, how they go about operating, because they are the ones who are most likely to be successful as leaders, the servant leaders, okay? Um, so the first resource that I would say would be a great one. If you haven't read it, it's 20 years old, uh, is the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership by John Maxwell, who's one of my favorite authors of all time. Are you familiar with that book? Oh, yes, very, yeah. very familiar. It's a bestseller, but I'm surprised when I'm talking with people who are new in business because uh, it's not, you know, hot off the shelves. It's 20, you know, 20 years old. People aren't familiar with it. So I want to bring that up because I think it's an important one. He talks about the different laws, right? Do you remember any of the laws he talks about? Yeah, attraction is the one that, uh, yep. you know, it popped in my head because, uh, because of, of the nature of the leader, right? Right. And it, and it's funny, uh, let me see, remember correctly. Um, magnetism was one of them, mm -hmm. talk about that. The big mo, sacrifice, explosive growth, the law of legacy. Um, let's talk about for a second, the law of respect. That was one of the laws that we talked about. People naturally follow leaders stronger than themselves is what he says in that chapter. Um, and he talks about someone that we all know and love, uh, Harriet Tubman, who led 300 people plus to their freedom during the Civil War. And he talks about why it's important uh, you know, 
to have respect from those. And so some of the ways that your, your potential uh, listeners could increase their law of respect as leaders is uh, they could increase their leadership ability. Um, they could increase, um, um, I would say probably, some of the ways they could do that is don't rely on violence, intimidation, or persuasion to get people to, to do what you want. That's that authoritarian piece. Leadership is voluntary. So you know when you show respect for others, you gain respect from them. So you gotta show respect first. I would also say in Harriet Tubman's example, she showed a lot of courage, right? Mm. Tremendous amount of courage to go behind enemy lines and pull people to safety and to freedom. And great leaders do what they have to sometimes in the face of great danger and under relentless criticism. Um, it's courage that gives leaders, uh, their, their followers hope, really. And so if a leader is fearful and timid in making tough decisions, uh, they will know soon enough. I mean, their followers will know if they're a coward or if they're, or if they're brave. So I think that's very important. And I would also say that uh, striving for success is important. So in terms of regarding uh, creating more respect and then um, remaining loyal in a, in a culture of kind of constant change, turnover and transition. Loyalty is an asset. So leaders are not quitters when the going gets tough. Uh, they look out for their followers, even when it hurts them until the job gets done. And that turns itself, that alone usually uh, gains the respect of others. Yeah, that's a, that's a great book, a great resource. There's many out there. Uh, John Maxwell is one that I've been uh, I, I would not say enamored, but been following since uh, since the early 90s uh, when he started uh, out as a pastor in uh, California and this whole thing went off for him. Uh, but uh, yeah, he had tons of, of books and there's, a, a, like I said, many resources out there. Um, when I address, uh, we talk about leadership vision, when I address leadership, uh, as 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 a, a consultant, right? I always try to uh, develop a uh, a schematic, if you will, of that person, right? The structure. You know, how many how many levels does this person have uh, to uh, our interaction, and and so that I could I could appropriately assign and 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 implement some things that they may need. Uh, so there's a lot of levels uh, in, in a person, right? Um, in, in leaders, there's a lot of levels in leaders. Uh, and, uh, you know, th there's uh, things that we become uh, through those levels, those layers. Um, what are some things that uh, you, may, you can share with us as far as concepts of, of levels of leadership um, and how that comes to play? So probably what I would do is I would encourage those who are listening to check out a book uh, called Good to Great by Jim Collins. Uh, in that book, and uh, you're shaking your head like you've already read it, so you're familiar with it as a consultant. Uh, he talks about the, the concept of level five leadership, right? And what he did was after years of research, he had discovered that all of the great organizations that he studied were headed by what, called, what were called level five leaders. And these leaders have a unique combination of fierce resolve and humility. And they were the first to own up to their mistakes and they were the last to take credit for their successes. And so some of the, and I'll go through the levels in a second, but you can work on developing 
the following skills and characteristics to become a level five leader. So if you work on becoming uh, you know, more humble in your leadership ways, if you're willing to ask for help, right? Whether that's inside or outside your industry, have mentors, it's very important. If you're willing to take responsibility for your actions, own up to them, uh, you know, don't dwell on them, but say, this is my responsibility, I accept it, and here's what we're gonna do to fix it. So you gotta take responsibility, that's what level five leaders do. Level five leaders develop discipline. And you read it within the background of military, I'm sure you're very familiar with the discipline. It's extremely important. And all level, level five leaders have it, he says. Um, the next one would be finding the right person, putting the right person on the bus, not necessarily in the right position. We use that in our brokerage all the time. I don't care what position the person's in, I just want the right people first. So finding the right people in your affordable organization is extremely important. And then the last one I would say is lead with passion. Um, people are looking for leaders who are passionate about what they're doing, whether it's an organization or a nonprofit or, or a cause or, or whatever. So you've got to have passion for what you're doing because that's going to spill over to your folks. And so the, I would say that the levels, level one would be a highly capable individual, Enrique. At this level, you make high quality contributions with your work. You possess useful knowledge of uh, levels of knowledge and you have the talents and skills needed to do a good job, okay? So level two, we level up a little bit as they do in the gaming world. You're a contributing team member. At level two, you use your knowledge and your skills to help your team succeed, okay? You're a little bit of a team player. You work effectively, productively, and successfully with others in your organization. Now I can tell you, uh, before we go on, if you don't play well with others, you're probably not even the level two. So if it's a me, me, me situation, and you think you're the greatest uh, things in sliced bread, and you think you're a level five, you're probably a level one. Hate to break, hate to burst your bubble, you know? Um, so that would be number two as a contributing team member, okay? Level three is a competent manager. Um, here, the manager is able to organize a group effectively to achieve specific goals and objectives. Uh, they understand the why behind the organization, and they're able to manage people effectively. And we're not, that's a whole other conversation, managers versus leaders, we're not gonna go into that, but level four is an effective leader. So this is the category that most top leaders fall in. Um, here, you're able to galvanize a department or an organization to meet performance or uh, objectives and achieve a vision. You know, I've, I went through all of the checklists because there's checklists in this book and I'm, I'd say I'm firmly a level four. I would love to be a level five someday, but I'm young. I've got time, Enrique. I'm still a young man. Uh, I'm just barely 40, so it's okay. Um, level five, obviously, is your greatest of the greats, okay? And we already went through what people need to do to get there, but you have to have all of the abilities for all the other four levels. Plus, you have to have a unique blend of that humility that's required for true greatness. People like Lee Cook or Abraham Lincoln, Martin Luther King Jr. These were level five leaders. They, they stirred inspiration for generations, not just in the organizations that they set in at that moment. So that's probably uh, a resource that I would check out if you haven't already checked out Good to Great. Yeah, that's a, that's a wonderful book. Uh, that's one of the books that I had to read in the uh, Senior Enlisted Academy. So I'm yep. very uh, familiar with it. And, there it is. Uh, and I love how they step through the levels so you can understand right. uh, where you may be and where you may not be. And if you were 
thinking you're in another side, <laughs> you can write adjust and put yourself in the right column. But, um, you know, they, there's so many le levels, so many layers to leadership. Uh, uh, undoubtedly, uh, there are traits, there are things that separate us uh, from uh, the next leader. I mean, everybody's, you know, nowadays you seem that everybody's a leader. Um, uh, and, and I'm wondering where's all the followers, <laughs> but <laughs> that's, that's your biggest tell right there. If you yeah. turn around and no one's behind you or they're trying to shoot you in the back, you're not a leader. <laughs> right. One of those two things is the case. Yeah. So, uh, so, um, but when we talk about, you know, great leadership or people that are, are doing, uh, these things that, are you know, get them into the level four and to the level five, um, mm -hmm. there are certain traits, right. That, that, that these individuals have. Uh, could you share some that you may know of that you want to highlight? I do actually. Uh, I found a list called from, are you familiar with Bernard Marr? Who's one of the world's most highly re uh, respected experts when it comes to strategy, business performance, digital transformation, and intelligent use of data and business. He has a couple lists out there and I've, you know, I've take some off, put some on. But uh, some of the things that I thought were, were particularly relevant for level four and five leaders is uh, there needs to be a level of trust and they need to be trustworthy. Uh, I'm sure you would agree that's extremely important. Um, management theorist Simon Sinek, who most people know, suggests that great leaders make their employees feel secure and they draw staffers into a circle of trust. So I'd say trust is extremely important. Um, I would say another one would be sensitivity and flexibility. Um, there are some individuals that have studied great leaders in history and they, they recognized uh, that sensitivity in the need of others and then being flexible enough to fit your, your positions to match were keys to successful leadership. Does that make sense? Um, also, I would say another trait would be emotionally connected to your work. And that kind of goes back to the passion that we talked about a little bit. You have to be a master uh, of, of what you're doing. Um, and they've discovered that uh, some of the most successful leaders were emotionally connected to their work and their success. And success, they said, is often um, a result of resiliency and a love of what you do. So we've always heard that from our, remember in high school and college, you had the guidance counselors. They're always like, make sure you do something you're passionate about. Don't do it for the money. You know, because you're going to burn out. And, and there's, there's actually a lot of truth in that statement. You know, you've got to be passionate about what you're doing. So don't do it just for the money because the money will come. I would say another one would be creativity. Okay. Researchers show that most people will do whatever is easy, but the most successful among us get creative uh, to do what works best instead. And that is always a path to success. Would you agree with that? Oh, yes. <laughs> I would also say that um, great leaders have a trait. They're willing to fail. Um, successful leaders have a willingness to fail in order to succeed. They don't, uh, they don't give up when faced with failures, but rather they use it as a learning experience toward uh, future successes. And I'll give you a specific example. Uh, when we had the implosion in the mortgage industry 10 years ago, 9, 11 years ago or so, I had a successful mortgage broker business up in, in Heathrow here in Central Florida. Had about 30 people on the team. We were doing very well. And then the implosion happened. Our wholesale lenders disappeared. Um, so 
I could have just given up and gotten out of the business completely and said, you know, screw this, I'm done with mortgage and real estate and I don't wanna be a part of this. And a lot of people did leave the industry. I'd say about 80% of the people jumped ship completely, went into a whole other industry, a whole other career. It's a lot of people, right? Uh, we stuck around for a little while. Obviously, we downsized. We had to adapt because of the, the Great Recession. Uh, but ultimately, I ended up moving over to real estate and then commercial real estate. And uh, now here we are, you know, 11, 12 years later. I persevered. You know, that was a, a failure not of my doing because we were very successful up until the run-up. Um, and I could have said, you know what, let me go do something else. Let me go be a, a long-haul trucker, you know, make good money. Have, make my own hours that sort of thing but I wanted to stick with it because I knew I was good at this industry and uh, switched a little bit because Morgan real estate really go hand in hand and so I had a willingness to fail but I also had a willingness to get back up so and that goes into my next trait which I would say is hard work um, there have been people that have been inter interviewed more than 500 successful people and noted that all of them worked long hours but they avoided burnout because they loved what they do, right? So I would say hard work's important. You know, I'm, I'm probably in the office 12 hours a day. My wife's not super happy about that, but uh, you know, we're, we're in a, I have two full-time jobs, the CEO of a, a brokerage and a full-time candidate for Florida House District 47. So it comes with the territory. It is what it is. I would say another trait is uh, people are happy genuinely happy. Um, success doesn't lead to happiness. Happiness leads to success. People who can raise their happiness level can actually raise their level of success. So I encourage your listeners to focus on contentment and happiness, right? Um, you're shaking your head like you agree with that one. Um, I would also say earlier, go ahead. No, no, I, I totally agree. I'm, I'm, I'm going, uh, as you, as you mentioning these traits, I'm just like, yes, 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 because they do make a difference. They do. They really do. And gratitude's a, a very powerful one too. You know, gratitude. Being grateful for what you have, uh, and not always trying to go to the next rung or whatever that is, whether it's money or status. Just having a level of gratitude and level of peace is is extremely important. And I always put that first on a daily basis, myself personally. A couple others would be early adopters. Um, you know, being first is expensive and stressful. But being an early adopter in business allows you to be, um, you know, to follow successful trends. And the guy who started second is actually more likely to win. So first move in the marketplace is usually very important. Another trait I would say is uh, 10x thinkers. Um, it's easier for someone, it's easier to make something 10 times better than to make something 10% better. Does that make sense? Mm, good point. <laughs> I'm sure you've heard the 10X. Um, and that's because you have to rethink everything from the ground up. Rethink the entire process, ignore the old rules, set down some pre-existing you know, assumptions. So I would challenge everyone who, who's listening today to think 10X, not 10%. Don't think in percentages. Set the whole thing down and maybe rebuild the mousetrap completely from scratch, okay? And then I'd say the last one is networkers or people who network. So the most successful leaders don't go it alone, as you know. They tend to have a diverse network that they're always connected to um, and whom they, they connect with. Uh, people with larger networks get better jobs. 
they're more successful at their jobs and they're more creative in general. Uh, this is something that I subscribe to. I've got a pretty vast network of folks at all levels that I reach out to on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. So uh, it, I, I am proof of the pudding that networking and knowing a lot of people, not just at a, at a, at a shallow level, but a little bit deeper level is extremely important. Yeah, I totally agree with those traits. I mean, they're proven, right? They're, these are things that, um, uh, you know, we, it wasn't just made up. They're, they're things that we have seen time and time again that are proven traits that lead to that level four or five uh, leadership. And, and hey, it, you know, you get them in all the levels in one way or another, but they all have to be there uh, consistently. You talked about persevering from the 2008, you know, uh, uh, you know, crash and what, what happened in the world. Uh, it's similar to kind of like what's been going on now. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of people ask me, you know, how is it affecting you? I, there was not that much effect to me because we're homeschoolers. I work from home. You know, it, it's not that much of an effect for us, but there are some that have been detrimentally impacted uh, from the ground up, you know, and uh, have lost this and have lost that. Uh, unfortunately, some on the actual life side and uh, which is terrible. Uh, but, uh, but, you know, back to these traits, these traits are what makes you, you know, separate yourself into that leader that can take a vision uh, and and some may be asking, well, all these traits, uh, it, it deals with vision. How you are able to execute that vision really is dependent on the totality of the leader. And these things make the total leader. Um, and, and we have habits, right? And I, I, love, I love talking about habits because this is really where, where our challenges are, right? Um, uh, some people say, oh, we may be our worst enemy, uh, our own worst enemy. And it usually deals with the type of habits we have. So always, it's always the case, right? So, 100%. Yeah, so can you, can you share with us some habits uh, that you've seen uh, successful leaders uh, demonstrate? Sure. Are you familiar with a, uh, a sought after leadership coach, Lolly Daskal? She does mm. the TEDx's Huffington Post honored her with the most inspiring woman in the world. So I follow her. I like what she does. And she talks about a lot of things. And one of some of the things that she says in terms of habits is promoting your vision. And I agree with these. You got to keep a clear vision. And we talked to vision in the beginning of where your organization is going in front of your people on a daily basis. So these are the daily habits, right? And when you do, not only are they more motivated, but also more effective since their work stays connected to your shared strategic goals as an organization, right? Another one would be uh, managing priorities on a daily basis. The better that you can prioritize the things that you have to do, the better that you can focus your efforts on the things that matter the most. Um, so without clear priorities, you'll end up spending a significant uh, amount of time and energy on unimportant tasks. Would you agree with that one? Oh, yes. People, uh, we call it the, uh, the gold, the blocks or the uh, golden hours or on the phone and when you're in sales. You know, you don't, you know, not send any emails during those time blocks or anything else. You've got to be very uh, clear and disciplined with, uh, with your daily schedule. So managing priorities is a daily habit that I think is extremely important. 
Another one would be delegating tasks. So leaders by nature want to do things for themselves, uh, but learning to delegate when necessary is important. It helps you control your workload, and it helps you develop your employees, and enables your team to achieve uh, goals quicker. They produce better results, and they accomplish more than you ever could on your own. So uh, would you agree delegating tasks is probably a habit? Oh, yes. And, and, mas- and not even delegating tasks, but mastering the delegation of tasks, the follow-up to follow-up is key critical. Um, I would say another one is motivating change. So if your team is working on the premise, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Uh, you have an organization that's probably stagnant and stuck, right? I'm sure you've seen that in your, in your days of uh, uh, consulting. So a key role of strong leadership involves constantly and consistently motivating change for individuals, for teams, and for the entire organization. Um, I would also say a, a daily habit would be generating urgency. So when you instill a sense of urgency within yourself, you motivate yourself to deliver on your results. And without it, you may find uh, yourself procrastinating, doing half-hearted work, or struggling to get daily tasks and projects completed on time. So I would say that urgency is your best weapon against daily distractions. It's gotta be super important, right? Don't put it on your calendar if it's not. Um, several more that I thought were, in, were important on a daily basis is communication clearly. Uh, good communication is the foundation, foundational element for successful leadership. Your followers look to you for vision and direction, which we talked about earlier. And if they can't understand what you're trying to communicate, then they're not going to do what you want them to do and their performance is going to suffer, which gets a domino effect from there, right, Enrique? No, uh, yes. And then I would also say actively uh, acting decisively, I think would be important on a daily basis. Don't hem and haul over decisions. Good leaders actually control any impulses towards impatient and reactivity on one hand and overthinking and delaying on the other. So they work to ensure that their understanding of the problem is complete and then they take strong action and never look back. Would you agree with that one? Yes, I do. <laughs> How about this one? How about listening actively? This is good listening, in my estimation, uh, is among the best skills that you can cultivate. It means intentionally focusing and listening to understand and then following up with open-ended questions that start with what, how, and why. Um, it means moving beyond your own point of view and checking your own understanding for accuracy. So I would say out of all 10 of these, I would say listening actively is the most important. If you're not listening to your people, forget about it. They're going to know you're not listening. You're distracted. So you got to listen to what they're saying. You got to be able to understand it. You got to be able to feed it back to them so they know you're listening. Yes, I, I and I totally agree. I, I was part of a survey uh, that went out to uh, to everyone that we could send it to. Uh, and without a shadow of a doubt, the listening piece was resounding throughout the whole entire survey uh, in terms of what leaderships were, were uh, or people in leadership were lacking. Right. And that was like every question that came up. Uh, yeah. And so you're, you're, you're perfectly correct with that. Um, oh, I, I, I just love this conversation because uh, when people think about leadership and vision, they don't take all these things into account 
Uh, they think that, you know, uh, you just write it, you just let it go, and, and it takes its own legs. Uh, people need to be clear. They need to be heard, understood, uh, in order to take that and run. Uh, there's a piece there that, uh, that is involved in leadership that we must care for. And as we talk about, you know, the different resources and, and things we could read, um, uh, concepts of, of different levels of leadership, uh, the habits, the traits, all that feeds into your ability to take a vision, get that group of people behind it and execute it. And so I, I thank you so much, Jeremy, for, for bringing those particular points to this conversation of leadership and vision because they're integral, they're so necessary for a leader to be able to execute a vision. Um, if, uh, and and I'm, I'm enjoying myself and I'm sure the listeners are enjoying the information you are sharing. If they uh, needed to get a hold of you uh, or, or had any questions uh, of you, how could they do that? Well, they can do that a couple ways. Obviously, they can hit me up on LinkedIn, which is the biggest business platform in the world, uh, under my name, Jeremy Sisson. They could also go to ejarealestate.com, and they could put in their information and ask and request a meeting. Uh, they could also email me at jsisson at ejarealestate.com. Um, for the campaign, they could go to votesisson.com, and they could check that out. And uh, they could email me at jeremy at votesisson.com there as well. Um, or they can call 407-613-2588. And uh, there's a lot of ways to get a hold of me. And people, people are always like, how are you so, uh, you're a really busy guy, how are you so approachable? I'm like, it's really important. You gotta be able to be there for people, you know, no matter what they want. People reach out every single day. And so your listeners, if you're listening and you wanna talk a little bit more about leadership or vision or anything in general, I'd be happy to help. And Enrique, if it's all right with you, I'd like to leave with a quote from one of my favorite presidents. I grew up in the great state of Kansas mm. and Dwight D. Eisenhower, obviously, allied victory, five-star general. He says leadership is the art of getting someone else to do, do something you want done because he wants to do it. So I that's think that's a great summation of vision and leadership because they want to do it, not because you want them to. So Perfectly. make sure your people Perfect. are buying in. And thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, perfect quote to end up uh, uh, end the show. I, I will be putting folks to uh, the information at the bottom of the video. Uh, you'll be able to have that for uh, uh, for you to be able to contact or communicate with uh, Jeremy. Um, Jeremy, one more time, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, best of luck and success, and continued success on your business ventures and now on your on your run for the seat in the florida house um i'm uh, i'm rooting for you and uh Thank you. as we end up every all of our shows uh, for everybody out there success to you thank you so much for tuning in and i'd love to hear suggestion for our future shows or any remarks you may have that will help us improve. Until then, success to you.